Hey friends, welcome to It's All Happening with Amanda, a weekly podcast that dives deep into your favorite reality TV shows. With help from my special guests, we break down the most shocking, controversial, and heartfelt moments from Bravo and beyond. In the words of Aviva Drescher, I say what I mean, but I never say it mean. Grab a fancy AF cocktail and get ready for me to mention it all. Welcome back to It's All Happening with Amanda. Today I'm joined by my friend Cece, who runs the Instagram meme account and Etsy shop. Cece loves you. Welcome, Cece. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to <laughs> talk to you today. And we've Zoomed before just chatting yeah. to you girls. So I'm so mm-hmm. excited to have you on the podcast. We've been talking for so long about doing this. So, so I'm, glad, I'm glad we finally found a time on the world Same. clock that worked for the both oh of us. Oh my God, it's so difficult. <laughs> but yes. I'm so happy that we were able to find the time that works for yes. both of us. So for so anyone listening who, who doesn't know Cece, she actually is an interesting international bitch she lives in holland (laughs) (laughs) yes bitch i'm your favorite dutchie watching bravo (laughs) and probably your only one but we don't care about that (laughs) i get so excited because on anchor where i have my podcast it'll like tell me different countries that people have listened Mm -hmm. to my podcast and it doesn't tell me their names or anything but when the netherlands showed up i was like i think i know who that is (laughs) (laughs) it me bitch (laughs) i I love love your podcast And I'm so so honored that I can, because we were talking about this like for a while now, but for some reason we couldn't make it work. So when we found this date, I was like, yes, bitch, I'm going to make it work and she's going to make it work and I'm going to be a guest. So tell everyone, how did you get into Bravo? Because being, living in another country, I just Mm -hmm. don't really know what it's like. Do a lot of people watch Bravo in Holland? Is that like a normal thing? (laughs) No, not at all. And we don't even have Bravo over here. And it's so difficult because none of my friends like that are based in Holland watch Bravo. So I cannot really discuss it with anyone here. Uh, it's super random. We have like a few shows that made it onto Dutch TV. Uh, now we have Below Deck, by the way. I didn't, I literally discovered that yesterday. I was just like browsing on my TV and I saw Below Deck. I was like, what the hell is this? But like a decade ago or even longer, we had the Real Housewives of the OC. And that was actually my, yeah, it's not a favorite favorite show now, but like back then it was like cool. And I was so intrigued because I was like, who are these rich bitches <laughs> and why are they screaming? And I remember seeing, seeing Tamara and legit, I was like very intrigued because in my opinion, she was so beautiful. She was like everything when you see in the movies and stuff like about rich people, it was exactly what I imagined a rich, a rich bitch to be. And I was like, what is this show? So that was actually my first time dabbling a little bit in the bravo world that's awesome <laughs> and then i was in love <laughs> yeah and so now how do you access your bravo shows because sometimes when i talk to you you're like i haven't watched this episode yet but i was happy to hear you were able to watch the potomac oh, reunion I'm so so happy yeah how how do you is if you're allowed to say how do you get access yeah, yeah, yeah. to those shows well my dream is like bravo notice me bitch i want to <laughs> get the episodes like you know a few days before like the important people in the bravo universe do yeah. but since i'm still a nobody i don't get <laughs> that uh <laughs> well you're somebody to me 
Oh, thank you. Uh, I have a, I have some ways on how I get it. I have it either with my intern who lives, who is based in Boston, who likes, uh, we, we watch it together. So we live stream it. So I'm up at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to watch these shows. I have it with my ex-mother-in-law who is actually American and she either tapes it and sends it to me or we live stream together. Or I watch it via a uh, app and it's called Hey You. I'm not sure if you have it in the US, but it's basically our European version of Peacock. Okay. And it's like an app and you have to pay like in dollars, I think maybe $5 a month. And you can access all the shows and it's supposed to be like the same time with America, oh. like the day after it aired. But sometimes it's not really the day after it aired. So it's a bit like last week with Atlanta and Potomac. Atlanta was online like two days after and Potomac was like online, but like really late at night. And normally it's supposed to be the morning after, you know, it aired in the US. Um, but yeah, it kind of depends if I feel like having a viewing party with my ex-mom-in-law or my intern. Or I'm like, fuck this shit, it's fucking late, I'm gonna sleep and I'll watch it in the morning. Yeah, so that's good <laughs> to know because I know that there are people who pay per episode on like iTunes and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's good to know that if anyone is listening, because I apparently my podcast made the top 100 chart in Sweden. I don't, Girl. like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand because I don't think there's that many people listening in Sweden, I but apparently that. someone is listening to my podcast in Sweden. So someone is listening hardcore <laughs> to your podcast, if like you, that much that it ends up in the iTunes 100 list, bitch. That's fucking amazing. I'm guessing someone in Sweden, if you are listening, you must have found my <laughs> podcast and binged every episode in one week to Love make me at, uh, make the charts. But if you're listening and you pay per episode, find this app because you might yeah. be able to just pay five dollars a month. What is it called yeah. again? Hey you. Hey you. So it's H A Y U. Okay, that's good to yeah. know. It's it's good yeah. information it's super for international affordable. people. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really, like normally it's really, really good. I don't think it's very user friendly at this point because I'm so used to like the Netflix app. And to me, that's a very convenient, mm -hmm. good, well-working app. But <laughs> I shouldn't be like too messy about it because I might collaborate with them. In the <laughs> right. So you're like, I, I, just you, some, you. I just have some ideas to improve, but it's yeah. still great. Um, so yeah. okay, you mentioned your intern. Can you tell everyone like, what is your actual job? Because when we met, it was like mm -hmm. the peak of the pandemic. So both of us were out of like, not really working. Yeah. And then now you're like booked and busy again. And I'm like, wait, Whoop. like, what are yeah. you doing? So I want to make it very clear for people that don't know me yet. And you totally should, because I'm such an expert. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to sound bougie. Like, oh, I have an intern for like my Bravo account. Like I'm not that bitch. Like one day, hopefully. I have an intern like for my own, uh, how do you say that? For my other, for my main business. And because I don't have a lot of work there now because of the pandemic, I kind of like moved him to like Bravo. And what I do is I'm a travel journalist. So basically when there's no pandemic, I travel, I think eight out of nine months out of the year. I basically live out of my suitcase or they station me in a country, for example, I lived in Singapore for a long time and then I'm based in Singapore, but I like moved to different Asian countries to create content. And what I mainly do is I create content for uh, hotels and hospitality businesses, for airlines, um, for Airbnb, like stuff like that. So basically anything that's related to traveling, 
you can hire me to create content. And that sounds weird, but with creating content, I mean writing articles, uh, taking pictures, making editorials. For example, if you are subscribed to a newsletter of American Airlines, the content you get, like it's something that I do, for example. You know, like making a hotspot list of the five best new coffee places in New York. I take pictures, I write an article and I post that. But because I can literally not go anywhere now and I was out of work for such a long time, I had to be creative. And that's also, but we'll get to there later, I think, a reason why I started my Etsy and stuff like that, you know, and yeah. why I'm more focused on this account. And yeah, it's super fun. So basically, I'm so happy that my intern is like a very into Bravo American dude. And he was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so so great to be able to use him in that capacity. But uh, that travel travel blog, travel journalism, that sounds mm -hmm. so exciting and interesting. And it's like, it's so cool super because exciting. we talked all the time about Bravo mm -hmm. stuff. And it wasn't until a little while into our friendship that I learned that you had this whole like life, you know, when the pandemic's yeah. not going on. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that is so interesting just because like for me yeah. as a teacher, I've never really been mm -hmm. able to do much traveling. I've gone, mm -hmm. I've actually been to Holland. I went one summer to Ooh, Holland, which is cool. Love it. Um, and, uh, but I've never really done a lot of international traveling besides that. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a whole different world to me. And so to, yeah. to, to see someone be able to travel and then get paid to do, mm -hmm. you know, to write about the, the fun things that it. they're doing. It's, it's like literally awesome. the best job. Like I had to start really, really at the bottom. Like I think it's almost 12 years ago now. Like really like as an intern myself, getting coffee, printing out shit, like not really doing anything with, that's related to traveling. But I worked myself up, up, up and up. And I actually had a, like I come from the blogging world. So I think that's why Instagram really comes easy for mm -hmm. me. Like it's not like my account is not really big at all, but I'm used to creating content and shit because I have been doing that for the past decade, you know, with my travel blog and with my ex, we had a YouTube channel together, which like, it's a bit tricky now because <laughs> there are lawsuits and stuff on how we're splitting up our company. So I don't want to get too deep into that. Oh like, man. As fuck. <laughs> you you could have, have a whole show about that, about your mess. We literally could have <laughs> a whole show. And I have to say this since he won't listen to this podcast anyway, because he's a dumb bitch who doesn't have great taste in anything <laughs> except women, since I'm fantastic. Um, he is such a loser because it was my company. It was my company like six years prior to he joined and then it became like our thing. And, you know, okay, we did grow together a lot and people are really into the like couple traveling and stuff. But now it's so messy because now I literally cannot post on my own Instagram that I had for, I think, since 2014. And I had to delete a lot of content that was like based on us. My YouTube channel is offline. Like I cannot do anything that I'm passionate about, like in that area. So it's very hurtful to me. And I was like, no, fuck it. Don't get in your head. Okay. It's a shitty situation. Just switch. And that is why I really focused also on this account, on my Bravo account. And I feel so happy. You know, I met so many wonderful people like yourself, like other fun people. And it gives me so much good energy that I'm like, fuck that shit. It's a pandemic anyway. I cannot travel anyway. Fuck it. And I'm focusing on Bravo. <laughs> I'm glad you found another outlet, another creative outlet mm -hmm. just for yourself. I mean, ladies, if you're listening, this is like the perfect warning. 
you might think this man is like, you know, trustworthy and maybe he's going to help mm-hmm. your business or whatever, but mm-hmm. make sure you have that shit worked out in writing. If you build yes. a business and then you bring a man in and let him kind For of like, sure. you know, it's like, you just never know what could happen. And you so, never know. Yeah. Like some people really are, learn from, learn from yeah. my mistake because you know, when you're with someone and when you're in love and everything's going well, you don't think about how messy it can get like in the end because you don't think there's an end because you think this is the guy for the rest of my life and my dumbass mistake my biggest dumb mistake was that i didn't get anything in right but legit like if i would have it would have been so much easier but because we were like in my mind we were one i didn't mm-hmm. really care and now i have to really like lie in the bed i made for myself because it's a really shitty situation so anyone that listens to this please take that away from this podcast get your shit like done, get shit in writing. Just if you, if it was your business in the first place, make sure, you know, you stay that in the papers. But the same like with, if you're buying a house, always have your name on like all the documents as well. You know, you you don't want to be a renter at your man's house, like get everything in writing and just always put yourself first because you literally never know where your life will take you and what will happen in the future. And I think for a lot of people, when they first start a business, or even if it was like going to be like, if you're started as like a travel blog or an Instagram, mm-hmm. where you're not like investing a lot of money in the beginning into it, or like, maybe it's just like, it starts really small. So you're mm-hmm. not thinking ahead and thinking like, well, what would happen if this blows up? And I think that exactly. happens for a lot of people who enter into these like partnerships, either with a, with an actual romantic partner or with just like a friend where it's something yeah. fun and easy in the beginning, but then it grows and then you start yeah. to see uh, conflict because it wasn't kind of thought ahead to it being something bigger so definitely exactly don't, like no one should ever yeah. sell themselves short I mean I'm thinking about the issue with um the call her daddy podcast and um mm-hmm. I don't know if you follow them but it's two girls who- I legit I only knew about the drama or about their podcast when everything exploded and it was all over my feed and I was yeah. like who are these bitches I didn't know anything about it but I know it got really messy. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like that's all I know. It, it was, you know, it, it can happen to anybody in the situation, but they had a, you know, a podcast and they just mm-hmm. blew up. Like they just exploded mm-hmm. in popularity and they had this. Did they blow up like before their fight or their um, podcast was like legit big before all the it was, issues or. It was like big and, uh, and, um, barstool wanted to pick them up and then I think the Mm -hmm. two girls that were the sorry women who were the um hosts had a disagreement about what direction Mm -hmm. they were going to take Mm -hmm. and so then what ended up happening was one of them went with barstool and the other one is now no longer part of the okay does she do anything still the other one like I don't actually know I haven't been following with her I mean I don't listen to the podcast Anyway, I'm not really a huge fan of the barstool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm, wait. Was the barstool the dude that came for Ramona? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's the only reason I know this douchebag, and I know I got a little backlash of people like, "Oh my god, you don't know who Barstool is, and he's amazing." And I was like, "This is just a dumbass bitch whining about pizza and booze." Like, if I want that, I could go back to my ex. 
You're boring. Shut the fuck up. I feel like I hope this doesn't shoot me in the foot for talking shit about Barstool, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so American. It's not that unusual that you wouldn't know. Like Barstool is such like an American, like macho Mm -hmm. man, like, yeah, you know, like that's why I never heard of it. (laughs) Whatever. You don't need to know. But yeah, yeah, no, I think, and I think that you're, you know, you speaking out about this situation, whether you, and I know you're, you probably don't want to talk much about it on your Mm -hmm. account just in case he does find that he's not going to find my podcast, but Mm -hmm. I think you speaking out about that is really good life lessons for everybody. And, and I Mm -hmm. love how you've been able to like take a shitty situation and just be like, well, I'm going to reinvest in myself and create a new, Mm -hmm. new account and a new Etsy Mm -hmm. shop. And your merch is like doing so well. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. That's so so sweet. I'm actually super surprised regarding my merch on how successful it has been. And I don't want to compare myself to others because of course you have people that are in the game for so much longer that have like, I asked like some people and they were like, oh, on the average day, I have like 30 to 50 sales a day. And I'm like, wow, if I have like five sales in a day, I'm fucking blessed. Um, But like, I'm just doing it for a few months. It has not been a half year, I think. And it has been received so well. And I feel so grateful for that because, you know, I am not the first that does it. There are many other shops. So I really look like, what can I offer that's different from what's out there? I think because of my marketing background, I really take shit like this. (laughs) I feel like Ariana saying, I take sketch comedy so serious, but I really like see it as a business. And I did hours upon hours upon hours of like marketing research of, okay, what's out there on Amazon? What's out there on Redbubble? What's out there on uh etsy and you know what can i offer that's different because i don't want to step on other people's toes by you know doing the same shit they do because you know you have shops like uh, good have Munko and either and opal and gifties and i think they are doing so amazing in the style that they are doing and i want to admire and support them and don't copy that so you know what can i offer that contributes to the bravo merch world without like you know copying some of my friends or other accounts yeah and i think maybe that is what sets me apart a little bit because genuinely my sales have been so amazing yeah that's awesome i mean i feel like too it's hard not to compare yourself even with just like followers like i'll 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 Mm -hmm. see an account that blows up overnight and i'm like man when's Mm -hmm. gonna be my turn you know and you you oh my god i get so jealous (laughs) but but it's important to know that like everyone grows at like different rates and think about the etsy the etsy shop too like sometimes I'll look at my sales and I'm like, Oh, like I haven't had as many sales as other people, but then I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. It takes patience. If you give up quickly, that's, that's what sets people apart. Is like, if you persevere through it and you kind of make it through that rough time of, am I going to make it or not without giving up? It's like, imagine if I had ended my podcast two months ago, because I was like, Oh, I'm not getting as many listeners as other people. It's like, then I wouldn't have had these great interviews, like talking to you and talking Mm -hmm. to Sasha last week. And like, I loved her interview. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. She's yeah. awesome. She's, <laughs> she's she amazing. So wonderful to talk to. I love her takes mm-hmm. and I've just like enjoyed getting to know her so much, but yeah, sure. so it's like, we should just never give up. I mean, like if you never have a, uh, have a goal, just stick to it. That's what sets you apart. Yeah. You know? It really does. And I think what's the difference, you really have to take it. Like I made a joke about it. Like I take it fucking seriously, but I genuinely do. And of course, sometimes it's frustrating when you like comparing yourself to other people is super toxic, but we all do it. Like I do it as well, but you have to catch yourself and be like, okay, this is not a healthy thing to do. I'm growing at my own pace and I'm just, I'm just doing me. 
Like my Bravo shop, the first, I think two and a half months, I had like maybe two sales a week. And I was like, so excited that I got a sale. But at the same time, I was so annoyed, like, fuck, I spent like eight hours today on this. Where the fuck are my, like, I made 20 cents. This is not gonna pay my rent. It's fucking shitty. But I was like, no, just don't focus on those numbers and things. Because every business, if you start a restaurant or a marketing business or a phone shop, whatever, selling phones, flipping burgers, whatever you're gonna do, you need to invest. Right? right. And you need to invest your time until you see that return on investment back. So I was like, just fuck it, just do it. And it's so weird. Like the second I put it out of my head, like I need this amount of numbers, I need this and that, it started to come and it started to be profitable. And now I genuinely, I don't make like enough money to uh, live of it and pay my rent, but I do make a nice amount of money that can pay for some like cute extra stuff in my life. And I see this like growing like every week, even at this point. So anyone that wants to start an Etsy shop or their own business, just invest a lot of time and don't be hard on yourself and disappointed. If you don't see like the return of investment in the first few months, half year, or even a year, just really be focused and discover what you're good at. If you're not good at a certain part, get help. Like, you know, use your network and just be a boss bitch. Yes, I love that. I love that so much. Um, okay, yeah. so I really want to talk about the Potomac reunion. Yes. And I oh want to. I want to oh first get your takes on the on their looks. So, who was a hit okay. and who was a miss? Do you think? From Oof, the I'm trying to looks? like envision them what they were wearing. Okay, <laughs> Ashley and I talked to Ashley about this. I was like, bitch no (laughs) she is she is such a pretty girl and to me she has a cute little style not little but i mean a cute style and she is fashionable but that look oh my god no i hated it i think legit i disliked hers the the most i didn't like the cape i could see her coochie cooch and i don't (laughs) mind seeing a vagina but i was like no it wasn't working for her but what i learned later is that they were still like adjusting her dress uh, the day of the reunion and that the cape was put on like very last minute. And it was like too late to change it and it was her only option. So she went with it. So that one, no. Um, Karen, I think, looked beautiful. I think what she was wearing was like nice for her. Giselle, (laughs) like, do we even have to get... No, wait, well... No, honestly, her reunion dress? Yeah, she honestly, like, for Giselle, that was, like, 100%, yeah. like, I'm gonna look up the pictures, Yeah, look up the so pictures. talking, because so, I wanna... I agree with you about Ashley. It was not a good look for me. I was not into no. Ashley's look, but knowing that, I mean, she was pregnant, and I'm not just saying, like, oh, if you're pregnant, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you look like, but it's, like, it's hard to make a prediction of how something's going to fit. Like she, you could just, her yeah. son could have just, she's six months pregnant. If she could have just started really showing that yeah. month or that week. And it's, it's hard to yeah. know. I thought yeah. Karen looked, Karen looked nice. I wasn't like a huge fan of her hair because her hair has been looking nope. so good, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the best for me. I her hair. Like, okay. No, yeah, I didn't like her hair either. I felt like Giselle looked good mm-hmm. for Giselle. Like that was like exactly. the best I've seen her look like ever. I honestly. think it was my automatic response when I hear fashion and Giselle, I was like, no, <laughs> like shit. But I was like, no, wait, her reunion look actually 
I'm not a, but it's a personal preference. I'm not a really big fan of silver okay. on certain skin tones. Like I'm a brown girl myself and I, I really prefer gold mm-hmm. when you have like a bit more warm undertone like she mm-hmm. does as well. So I'm not really a fan of the silver, but I think besides that, you know, the fit, it's Giselle, I the so fit she looked, looked good. nice. Like it actually yeah. like made her body look really nice. Um, her body looked amazing. I loved Robin's look. Oh, favorite but i'm very uh and if you <laughs> see my feed you might not really get that but i'm very into the minimalistic style uh-huh. and not like over accessorizing yeah. and stuff so her dress was so plain and like just sleek and sleek. beautiful yes it was sleek and chic it's interesting because when i first saw the picture of candace with that big ass bow i was like no but mm-hmm. when i saw her at the reunion i thought it was cute she actually looked good it worked for her yeah. because she always has, I think, something that feels so off with her fashion, but for some reason it works with her. So yeah. I think the bow worked, but I still hate it. <laughs> I hate yeah. it. I, I wouldn't have worn bow. it. I wouldn't have worn no. it, but I thought it was cute for her. I feel like she has like a little like cutesy edge to her always. Exactly. Like a little more, yeah, yeah cutesy. But I like think playful and yes. Yeah, it yes. looked good on her for sure. Yes, I liked Wendy with the shorter hair. Uh, like, not short, but medium mm-hmm. length hair. Same. Like, I really, I really liked the way that her hair looked in the reunion. Like, it's just, it's just like a different look. Like, I love it long, yeah. obviously. We both have really long hair, but something yeah. like lightens you up a little when you cut. Yeah, so good. I just love that they played the looks through the years, because that's something that we mm-hmm. can all relate to, of like, even just a couple years ago, looking back at some of the things I wore, and I'm like, oh my god, and they have it like all right. over national television. Oh my god, exactly. If the things I wore, well, since my 20s, I have approved a lot, but like in my teens, I had my goth face, I had my skater girl face, I had my hoe face, I had my hoe face in my 20s as well, but I mean, you know, I wore things <laughs> when I look at back at it i was like oh god no and these ladies have it like for the entire world to see yeah like you did wear that we have proof with your andy we have to get into that as well because karen it's not an altercate alternation altercate i don't know how to say that in english alteration uh, alteration it's not an alteration it's fake as fuck it's from wish or whatever you got it from I recognize through uh, through labels, it's not a real Fendi. But okay, we well, can get and, into that later. Okay, well, let's talk about that because I, mm. when, when she said it was altered to fit her body, I'm like, okay, so then you're taking it to the, if that's true, you're taking it to the wrong person because a person mm-hmm. who is altering, a, like if you're mm-hmm. getting fitted with a Fendi outfit, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be cutting off part of the label to make it then no. appear to be fake. So exactly you know and and i do like karen's style and i loved that outfit so much so it's like you know if it's not real just be like yeah it wasn't let's be honest there (laughs) are a lot of housewives in the housewives franchise like not only potomac that wear fake labels i mean the chanel blouse that Teresa had to read i don't even know who else had it oh elizabeth is her name i think oc the new girl elizabeth Yeah. yeah you know and a lot of them are fakes and i'm like either if you cannot afford it don't buy it or if you are like pro wearing fake um fake stuff which i don't judge like if you want to do that but then just don't lie and say it's real right like who cares like wear your fucking fake i always say gucky because it's not gucci or andy because it's not fendi wear it like with a lot of pride and structure shit 
I mean, you know, if you think it's amazing, be amazing, but don't be like, it's real, because sorry, Karen, I love you, Miss Huger, <laughs> but that was Andy. It wasn't Fendi. See, and nope. I can't, I can't tell, but until like an account, like real bad fashions on Instagram will mm -hmm. like point it out. And I'm like, Love oh yeah, them. I can see the difference. But like, to me, yeah. I just don't notice the difference very well. Um, I'm not looking for it, but now I look, no. I'll, I just like when other people point it out to me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. Karen versus Wendy, it seemed like at the reunion, the two mm -hmm. of them did a really good job of addressing their issues with each other, mm -hmm. but, but actually mm -hmm. trying to move past it, which is like what yeah. we want to see. So I felt like they yeah. were very mature about their yeah. arguments. How do you feel they about, were. about well, them? <laughs> I don't want to be like ages, but like if you're their age, you know, I don't want to shame them, but you should be mature about it. And I legit think they were, and they handled it with class. I think, I don't remember who made that point. Wendy herself but it was like about the kiss the ring thing and I legit even though Karen was like no it's not about that I was like yes bitch it is like every new girl that came on and we don't have like a lot of new girls because like Potomac is one of those casts that have like the, almost the same cast as season one mm -hmm. like whoever came on new they kind of like kissed the ring of Karen right and not it being a bad thing but I mean like coming to her for you know a maternal advice a sisterly advice or just putting her on like a slight pedestal of okay you know you're you guide me please be my mentor right. and I think because Wendy is a bit maybe like older than for example an Ashley or a Candace and you know she's a very established woman we all know she has three million degrees you know she doesn't need to kiss the ring Right. I think if Karen would have just recognized her for all her black girl magic that she is, they legit could be like the next power best friend couple that like burn all of these bitches together. Right. If they would combine their powers like for real, like everyone on the show could get fired and I would still watch. Like Wendy doesn't need Karen's guidance. She's already sitting nope. on boards with Karen. So and she's already married. Exactly. She has kids. Like whereas like mm -hmm. Ashley and um, I mean, Ashley was married when she joined the show, but she seemed to like mm -hmm. not really be in that society yet. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to like break in. So I feel like that was a really good point by Wendy yeah. to, to say that she just felt like she wasn't needed. Like Karen, exactly. Karen felt what, like she wasn't needed. So she just kind yeah. of had this like chip on her shoulder about yeah. Wendy from the beginning. And uh, honestly, like, I, I really feel like Giselle really heightened that situation i mean that's her job she's supposed to cause mm -hmm. trouble but to, mm -hmm. i found out that she you know we found out that she told wendy that mm -hmm. karen called her a floozy freelancer and she was like well i added the floozy part i was like no when andy called it out like you know adding floozy is kind of like a big ad yeah i was like girl because if you just call someone a freelancer okay yeah. yeah, like that's not an because insult. Because they are right. Maybe, you know? maybe I mean I don't know if she used it as in as an insult or not. But if you're just like, oh, yeah. who are even are you? You're a freelancer, blah blah blah. Maybe, but yeah. like calling someone a floozy freelancer is like yes. really rude. <laughs> it really is rude, and I think maybe Wendy was also really eager to believe that because Karen wasn't really welcoming to her in the first place. So it's True. a bit manipulative, you know. I really wish that she would have gone to Karen like, hey, you know, Giselle said you call me a floozy, um, what was the word? Not influencer. Freelancer. <laughs> Freelancer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. 
so you know is this true and then they could have said it straight because to me that's really not even interesting enough for it to become an issue like mm -hmm. why is this such a big issue just ask it no i didn't say it okay but i think because you know karen wasn't really welcoming let me ask you this do you think like i don't think karen should see her as a threat because she's the ground dom and whatever but do you think in her own mind she was like fuck when wendy came on like this is a threat to me i mean it's possible because think about this these women have been on the show now this is their some of them it's their fifth mm -hmm. season like karen yeah. is her fifth season and she's sort of like getting to the point now where i think she's realizing they're going to start bringing new people in and she can yeah. either reach the level of og like teresa like ramona mm -hmm. where they're not going anywhere or mm -hmm. she could be replaced and i don't yeah. want to see karen replaced but i can see Same. that being in the back of her mind thinking like yeah i have to really make sure that nobody is here to take my spot i mean look at like exactly what happens all the time people uh, even me fan favorites get replaced you know yeah that's true and if that's wendy true. came in as candace's friend and karen mm -hmm. and candace had that connection she could have been like oh here's wendy coming in she's gonna be like candace's big sis and mm -hmm. maybe she doesn't need me anymore yeah you know i really hate that because to me I, and i can relate to that feeling i think we all can like even when we're secure something can happen mm -hmm. or someone can come along and it can make us feel super insecure and for like a second we forget who the fuck we are because right. if karen would just be for a moment and realize she is a fucking fan favorite she is the grand dame like we all love her and i legit in my mind she does have like a teresa or a ramona status where she could be that one like dog of potomac if she could just realize that herself yeah she would have embraced wendy and they would have been boss bitches together but i have this hunch and this feeling that they will do that for like next season yeah and they will become very good friends i really do think that i hope so i mean they seemed i mean we still have a couple more reunion episodes but it seems mm -hmm. like they were able to really like put a pin in it and just like kind of move on and like you know it's like maybe it'll come back up but it just seems like they were ready to kind of just be like all right like maybe yeah. we don't agree with each other but we're gonna move on which is more exactly. is more than we can say for some of the other friends on the cast so Ugh. where do you currently stand with candace and monique Whew, it's gonna be a very tricky subject because every time I talk about this, oh my god, so much stuff happens on my Insta and I don't know what to say anymore. Oh, before we get into that, because I know we didn't discuss Monique's reunion look and I want to say oh. that I think she looked beautiful. Always. I didn't, She's gorgeous. I, oh, she, like, you cannot deny that. She is a very pretty woman. Like, no one can touch that. I thought her hair, her, her glam, everything looked well. The only thing that I didn't like about her dress, and I said it on my Insta as well, I think if it would have been either two sleeve or strapless, mm -hmm. it would have looked really nice. I like one sleeve dresses, but for me, like with the fit and stuff, I didn't really like it. So people know I don't hate Monique because I get that question a lot. Like, do you hate her? I don't hate her. But the thing is, I have such, um, I think also because of my personal issues and, you know, my past with abuse and toxic shit, I just really think if you are the one putting your hands on someone, you are automatically in the wrong. And it doesn't take away from the fact that, yes, Candace has um provoked monique and yes candace has done 
like things to annoy Monique and make her upset and stuff. Like I don't say that Candace is the good one in this argument or fight or whatever. But to me personally, when you go to that point when you touch someone, you know, I I I just cannot get behind you. And I legit think if Monique wasn't a fan favorite, were, would people still rally behind her? Like if people didn't hate Candace so much, would they still rally behind Monique? Because it, at some point I really don't understand or, or understood why people were so easy on Monique for doing that. And I understand that things can happen in the heat of the moment, but she at this point still, it's what, like a year later or a year and a half later, she doesn't seem remorseful. She made a fucking song about it. Like, I genuinely don't understand why people aren't more compassionate towards Candace. Yeah, that's the thing that really gets me is because, like, I've been sitting here this whole time being like, you know what, shit happens and mm -hmm. people get, you know, whether, whether Candace meant to push Monique to the edge or not, Monique mm -hmm. was pushed to the edge based on the situation and circumstances and mm -hmm. shit happens. But the point is that Candace was harmed physically. And mm -hmm. I don't actually think that Candace did anything or said anything that mm -hmm. was so bad that Same. like she deserved anything like that. And no. it's like, look, we, we just watched Monique sit there at the reunion and talk mad shit about Giselle mm. and her the father of her Oof. children oh my god what would Monique's supporters say if Giselle stood up and went over and punched her in the face like was she yeah. provoked she was she provoking Giselle I legit I mean, still I guess don't so. think no yeah but I think they wouldn't because honestly until this season I didn't understand the power of Monique because what this season has taught me is she legit is a fan favorite, maybe like Sonia status. I don't know, but people, it's like she can do no wrong even when she does wrong. Right. I'm 100% sure if Giselle would have gone up, like get up and smack the bitch, uh, not like bitch Monique, but like a bitch in general, I don't call her a bitch, but I like they smacked, she would have smacked Monique, they would have still been like, fuck Giselle, you know, you don't do that. And she, right. like Monique has this quality that I legit wasn't aware of because she never was a fan favorite of mine. Like she was cool and stuff, but it wasn't like, I was always like Karen, you know, and I, Monique, I didn't really mind her. I wasn't really a fan. Same with Candace. Like I didn't really care, but it really showed me like people are so team Monique. They truly don't care. I know. I, I honestly, I don't understand. Oh yeah. I, I love Monique. Like I'm a bit, I, she was not in my top five, but I felt like mm -hmm. Monique was someone who I could, I have different kinds of favorites. Like Karen, yeah. Monique is one of my favorites because, um, meaning like she's someone who I really could see myself being friends with. And I like that she yeah. seems like a ride or die friend. If she, if you're mm -hmm. good with her, she will do anything for you mm -hmm. as a friend. And, and it's clear why her defending michael fucking darby that she was mm -hmm. you know like that friend for ashley yeah but but the thing is that if you do have a friend who does something wrong mm -hmm. or you have a favorite who does something wrong you can't like let it blind you so much that's the thing nope. is like i feel like but i feel like there are some people who are defending monique in the situation because they were probably they probably have the same mindset as monique where it's like exactly if, if someone is yeah. talking shit about me all bets are off. Mm -hmm. You get what you deserve. And, and if that's, yeah. if that's how people feel, then that's fine. But that's not me. So like, 
No. I had to check myself when I was defending Monique being like, well, shit happens. Well, yeah. shit happens. Well, shit happens. It's like, yeah, shit happens, but she doesn't think she did anything wrong. Exactly. And the thing, I made a post about this when it just happened and I said something along the lines of, uh, if you're team Monique, like be team Monique, but be team Monique as in hold her responsible. If Monique right. is your girl and you like Monique on the show and you like this and that, don't comment like, I would have dragged a bitch harder. Fuck that shit. Candace deserved it. Yes, you're a drag queen. Not drag queen as in RuPaul's Drag Race drag queen, but you know, a queen who drags. Like, if you're saying that, you are not Team Monique. Like, be a good friend and hold her accountable and say, hey, okay, you felt like that in the moment. You fucked up. Take ownership and apologize because it doesn't really matter what someone says to you. You don't go physical, especially when you're our age. Or Monique, I thought she was like, she, she's three years older than I am. Like, I'm 34, she's 37. We don't do that shit anymore. Like I have done, you know, I have a very rough past as well. And I have dealt with a lot of racism myself, like growing up as a brown girl in a very white environment where everyone's blonde with blue eyes. Like I have dealt with that as well. And I have like dragged a bitch as well, but I was fucking 16. Right. And to me, there is so much unresolved anger with Monique. I actually want to give her a hug and like, yes. who hurt you? Like, why are you so mad? And like, why is this a trigger? Well, you that's know? the thing to that, that therapy session, like you have to, even for someone like me who has not actually experienced what Monique and you have experienced in terms mm -hmm. of growing up in an environment where you look very different than the people around you. And that kind of mm -hmm. tr like, uh, that kind of past can really bring up a lot of issues and, and, and a lot of, um, negative feelings about yourself. And so mm -hmm. I, I feel for Monique in that situation yeah. and I wanted, I wanted what, what could have come out of that was her saying, now I understand myself better. And now I exactly. understand why I feel the way I feel and why maybe I'm pushed mm -hmm. to this limit. Exactly. And I don't want this to happen to me again. And it's not yeah. just because of Candace. It's like, for me, for Monique's sake, I don't want yeah. her to get into physical fights because I don't no. want someone to, to harm her either. Like that could have, exactly. she could have gotten seriously hurt by attacking somebody yeah. else. Yeah. And she could have had everything taken away from her. She could have ended up in yeah. jail. And it's like she did sure. what she did what she did. And I don't mm -hmm. want to see that for her and her family. No, same. to happen to her. No, and I legit also hold her to much higher standards. Like when I think about Monique, a gorgeous woman, a mother, a wife, uh, whatever she all is, I don't see her as a girl that needs to have physical fights. I see her as a woman that is strong enough to handle Candace and other people with her words. And if at some point she's like failing at this, then get help and understand why you get so triggered that you are becoming like uh, violent with other people. Like right. you legit don't need that. You don't need to go there. Yeah. And for me, if, if Monique had ended the season in any other way, if she had ended the season being like, well, this was a horrible year for me. I really made one mm -hmm. mistake that ruined my entire season yeah. or ruined my entire year with my friends if she doesn't want to break the fourth wall. Um, you know, I could yeah. have lost everything. I could have lost my business. I could have lost my family. Yeah. I, th I, this is a learning experience and I'm moving forward. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, good for you and I'm not bringing up the fight again. But she's still, exactly. she's still maintaining that somehow Candace deserved it. And that is not yeah. 
okay with me. It's not okay. No, but also when you see her sitting at the reunion, like I don't want to judge people's facial expressions, but she's almost like sitting there very proud, like waiting to address it. The woman made a song called Drag Queen. She promotes it like till this day. I don't see the fucking remorse. And I think we all need to hear her say that she just fucked up and that she wants to improve her behavior. And I think then everyone can just leave it in the past and just focus like on upwards and onwards or however that saying is like just you know move on from this shit but yeah. she really seems like she's still so candace dessert like and i'm gonna be like a boss bitch rapping about it and i'm like no i'm rooting for you you know that clip of tyra and america's ugh. yeah i'm like, rooting for you rooting for you but that's just the thing. apologize you were wrong the thing about the song too is like i i laughed at the song i thought the song was funny before mm. the season started but the thing is that like yeah. i think that really what changed things for me was seeing just how much candace was really upset yeah. and hurt by this situation and honestly tr she uses the word traumatized from the situation yeah. and it no longer becomes like a funny housewives fight that we're joking yeah. about like last season when, exactly. monique, when monique threatened to drag her and she's like drag me what do you drag me like that was funny and we can mm. laugh about that but candace mm -hmm. is honestly traumatized from this like it's not funny yeah. to joke about it anymore no and you know i want to ask you because we talk so much but i don't think we ever talked about this what do you think about candace basically kind of being ridiculed online for using words like that or every time she's crying it's like you know oh there she goes again and i'm like but if you are not even it being on tv of course that adds an extra layer of being embarrassed about it but you are literally being attacked your your wig or your hair whatever it was is being dragged and pulled you're being like, I don't want to say beaten. I don't know if Monique beat her, but like, I think she did. Yeah, I'm making the movements, but no one can see it. But you know, like she was like slapped on her back or something. Right. Like that is traumatized. Like what the fuck? It's not normal to be attacked yeah. at this age. You know, you're not in school having a fight on the schoolyard. It's like you're grown as woman, women at an event. I don't, what do you think about people being like, kind of making fun of her for that and still like being like woohoo Monique yeah I, I legit don't understand that I kind of feel like Candace was super embarrassed for a couple of reasons mm -hmm. one I think Candace was embarrassed because she considers herself to be better than that like I think yeah. she she looks down on people who are physically fighting because she's like wow mm. I think that's Candace's mindset of like mm you're so out of control and it's so yeah. embarrassing for her to be associated with a situation like that. I also think Candace is embarrassed because yeah, like you're being attacked on TV and you look mm -hmm. like a mess and it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. So yeah. I, but I think the third thing that Candace is really upset about is the fact that people were making her out to be the instigator online because exactly, of false yeah. information. And yeah. Taria from What Else Is Going On has really mm -hmm. brought up a lot. I love I, her, by the way. I love her. <laughs> and she's taught me a yeah. lot, honestly. It, and, I, and I tell her, like, a lot of the things that she's told me about, you know, the whole Monique and mm -hmm. Candace situation, I didn't really let myself um, 
let it affect my opinion until the season was over mm-hmm. because I'm like, I'm just mm-hmm. basing it off of what I'm seeing on TV. Maybe Monique will turn things yeah. around. But now that the season's yeah. over and I'm hearing all of these things about Monique the past year and what she's been responsible for, I'm like, it really does open my eyes because Monique was associated with people who were lying about the situation and making it seem like Candace is the one who started the physical aspect. Yeah, Whether you think exactly. that- like there's a there's two different arguments like one part says that one one argument says that Candace was provoking her with her words and mm-hmm. if, if you think that or not that's one thing but mm-hmm. the lies online saying that Candace threw a glass before Monique pulled her hair is just mm-hmm. a lie that's a lie exactly that's yeah, not that's, that is a lie and Monique yeah. didn't correct it. And I understand in the beginning, she was like, well, I don't, re- I couldn't remember what happened first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you turn around and you say, that's not what happened. Actually, I yeah, lost my shit. Exactly. Exactly. I lost my shit. Uh, I did it first. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think that the whole argument could be very easily settled if she just takes some ownership in her behavior yeah. and not like put the blame on Candace or whoever. She fucked up. I, I feel like a bitter bitch being like, like even when I'm 90 and this is not fixed, I'm going to be like, Monique, you fucked up. I know. <laughs> you fucked up, bitch. I, I know. Ownership. I know. Yeah, it's I so know. hard. That's why, sad. that's why like I was, and I'm still selling them, but I had my drag me Monique candles, but like, that's mm. why I wanted a new Potomac candle. Cause I was like, I don't know, this isn't fun anymore. Like this whole yeah, thing I is know. like not fun anymore. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm so ready for it to be over, but I'm glad we're at the reunion. So ready. I'm glad we're like wrapping things up, but, um, yeah. So where, what do you think about the Monique's binder exposing Giselle. Do so you feel like that was no. inappropriate, inappropriate or appropriate? Yes, inappropriate as fuck. And I even made a video about it. I'm not sure if I'm going to post it because I didn't like the way I looked. But <laughs> girl, oh my, yeah, I know. I'm so vain. No, but I, when that happened, like, okay, first of all, I'm super, exi- I'm super excited for her binder. I call it the bitch <laughs> binder. I'm very excited. <laughs> To see what's in it. I want to read the tea. I want to read the gossip. But like also the same with my account. I like shade but like light fun shade. And where it's like you know. The other party even though they are might be insulted. They can still laugh about it. What she did here. I you know. The thing that bothered me is. You're sitting on this tea for a few years. Which Monique's words she knew about this like all along. Why do you choose to use this information as a retaliation in your mind? Because, you know, she dragged her family, which in my, I don't see how Giselle did that. But even if she did, you were sitting on this information, waiting to use it at some point against your former friend. If you are genuinely friends with someone, why didn't you share? Because this is not like, oh, Jamal cheated. It's worse than that. It's like message after message. He made a baby. He did this and that. And I'm like, no, Monique, no. Monique just really looks like she's ready to go to war and like behead every bitch that's in her way. And I'm like, Monique, no. Yeah, she's like, legit. burn it all to the ground. She's like, you know what? Yeah. Let me just burn it all to the ground. And the thing is, that's so frustrating is like, I'm seeing people online who yeah. are saying, how dare Giselle bring up the trainer rumors? Think of Monique's children. And then they turn around and are now 
egging Monique on to expose yeah. Giselle's cheating boyfriend. And and I just, yeah. I laughed so hard because Chelsea from Ono Bravo put up a meme today that was like um, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man meme, you know, where it's like two mm-hmm. Spider-Men like pointing at each other. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's exactly like that. Monique and Giselle uh, both doing the same thing to each other. Both doing the same thing. But to my surprise, because I always liked Giselle as well, it's like everyone is team Monique. Like I said earlier in this podcast, it doesn't matter what she does. People are still being like, when it's done to her, they rally behind her. But when she's doing it to someone else, they still rally behind her. And I don't understand that part. I know. Like what she did now with like, you know, Giselle's kids are involved as well. They're like young teen girls that are online as well. They see this shit. It's just so, I don't understand it. And it's, you could see it in Giselle's face. Like Giselle really can take a joke. I always live for the banter between her and Karen. Like they throw shade at each other, but it's like never that far below the belt. You know, it's just, you know, you can all laugh about it, but this was just going on and on and then on. And is this his number? And I was like, oh, Uh, maybe it's me. You know, everyone can have their own perception on how they see these kind of shows. But when it went that far, I was immediately taken back a bit like I don't like this anymore yeah like no I mean I do have to say and Taria will kill me for saying this but Mm. I do think that it's kind of like that on both sides like I do Mm -hmm. I do see people that are fans of Candace like that will not let themselves like um I'm not saying Taria is one of them I'm just saying that like Mm -hmm. when you have your favorite it is hard to see why what they're doing is wrong like you just want Mm. to look past their you know the the mistakes that they're making and kind of like be like Mm -hmm. okay well I'm willing to forgive them for that I mean it's just how that's just the nature of it and I feel like it's hard yeah. when, you, when you have a favorite on these shows and they do something yeah. like for me Karen is one of my favorites so when she invited yeah. Monique and Candace to her event I was trying to excuse yeah. it away I wanted to make excuses yeah and I understand that and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna talk about someone now again it's very controversial and it's not Potomac oh fuck wait my thing fell off I want to say something about Stasi. Oh, God. Cece. I know. <laughs> you I'm know what go I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to go there, bitch. No. But what I want to say is you can still have your favorite or consider someone a friend or a fan, whatever you are of them, and you can hold them responsible. Like what Stasi did was despicable. It was not wrong. It was really insensitive. And I can say that online and to her and still stand behind someone because I'm waiting for them to improve their behavior or grow or whatever. Like you're, you know, you don't have to hate someone directly. You can be like, okay, that's really shitty. That's really fucked up. You really fucked up. You were hundred million percent wrong. Let's see how you can do better. But what I see with Monique's fans, it's like they are applauding her shitty behavior like what I said before, you can, I like Monique. She's not in my top five, like all time housewives, but I like her on the show. I don't want to see her leave. I want her on the show, Mm -hmm. but I want people to be like, you know, what you did was not okay. Let's see how you can grow and become a better version of yourself. But what I really see with the Monique fans, and I really don't understand this, uh, why, why it's like this with her. It's like, they really applaud her shitty doing shitty things and I'm like you're not helping her yeah you know yeah I agree well thank you for saying that about Stassi because I do feel like you like you bring up a good point that a lot of people who are fans of Stassi 
mm-hmm. will online be like, she didn't do anything wrong. She didn't deserve to be fired. We love you, Stasi. We know you're not racist. You didn't do mm-hmm. anything wrong. And it's like, you, like you said, like you can like Stasi and still say what she did was really fucked 100%. up. And, in, and until she makes some real changes, like she doesn't have to have a platform. But I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I do think sometimes her fans just excuse her behavior away. And yeah, it's like, exactly. it's, there's no excuse for it. Like, there really isn't and I really and you also have a lot of people not only in the Bravo fan community but also like you know regular people that have like regular accounts that be like oh my god fuck Stasi, whatever but then I see them buying her merch from my shop and I'm like uh, oh like for real (laughs) and and even like a Bravo fan account who was like online like bashing her like she's uh, racist whatever words they use and I recognized their name and email address. And I was like, uh, okay, you know, it's weird to me. And to me, I said it many times before, and I know it's a very sensitive topic because it's regarding race. And Stasi did say very racially insensitive things. And I was always very open about that online. And I also got backlash for that. Like, how can you defend her? I'm like, I'm not defending her because again, I'm a brown girl and I'm insulted by what she did. But I don't see, okay, I see it as racially insensitive. I don't see her as a, being a racist person, that, in my opinion. But I do think 1 million percent what she did was wrong. But in order to be a good friend or a good supporter, you can tell that and, you know, give them an opportunity to grow. If they don't do it, like, okay, then you can maybe change your mind about them or whatever. But I, I, the fandom is crazy, man. It's really like people are making excuses for someone's behavior. They did it with her. They're doing it with Monique. And I'm like, no, don't be that kind of supporter, you know? Right, right. We can't just be blindly supporting people. But the the reality is, I think a lot of people who are defending Stasi, I'm not, you're not one of them, but some of the people who are defending Stasi actually agree with what Stasi has said. And that's where and I think- That is very tricky. And I think she needs to do a better job. And I think you would agree with this. She needs to do a better job of like policing her, um, her fans by being like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. You love me. But what I said about the Oscars is not okay. Stop saying exactly. that I didn't say anything wrong. And I think yeah. until, until Stasi. And I don't, I don't think she's quite ready for this yet, mm-hmm. but until she finds it in herself to, I guess, criticize her fans that are agreeing mm-hmm. with her, mm-hmm. she's, she's not quite ready to accept full responsibility until she mm-hmm. goes into her comments and says, thank you for your support, but yeah. what I said and did is not okay. So please stop yeah. saying that it was like, that's what yeah. she needs to do. And she hasn't done that yet. So I, I do know that, you know, after her pregnancy and stuff, mm-hmm. it will definitely happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And what I do know, 100%, she legit, maybe it doesn't come across like that because she doesn't talk about it that much, like in public and stuff. She does not consider herself a victim in this case at all. She knows that she fucked up and she knows that she said very inappropriate things. And I am just waiting for the time when everything will be, you know, addressed and it will be handled the way it should have been handled because in my heart of heart, and I know I also get a lot of backlash whenever I say this, I genuinely don't see her as a bad person nor as a racist. I see her as a dumb, ignorant bitch who said very dumb, ignorant, race, racially sense, insensitive things. 
you know, but to me, it doesn't mean like, and again, I'm a fucking brown person. I have dealt with racism my entire life. If I thought she was a racist, I would have cut a bitch out of my life and like, bye, I don't care. Like, I would not support someone, you know, who is a bad influence on so many other people. Mm -hmm. I just think, and then we come to like the topic of cancel culture. In, in this day and age, like whatever you do, it's imme almost immediately, like when you have one fuck up or several fuck ups, like it, the person is done. And I'm like, ugh, you know, and not specifically Stasi, but also with Monique, there are also a lot of people that were like, oh, she touched Candace, you know, she should be fired. Like and a zero like, no. tolerance policy kind of zero situation. Well, exactly. I, think, I think the difference with Stasi was that it was like literally just a pattern of things. And, and again, mm -hmm. like there are things that are like ingrained in us because of a, living in a white supremacist society. It's like, yeah. even if Stasi is not um, aware of it, there are mm -hmm. things that she benefits from because of the way that she looks and mm -hmm. until she kind of like learns that i think she's mm -hmm. just gonna be kind of stuck in this situation where she's not yeah. even she's not even realizing mm -hmm. how she benefits from the way that she looks you yeah know I, mean? I i truly know what you mean and i think that's applicable for so many people like i said i grew mm -hmm. up in holland or i lived here until i was 14 13 and I, all my friends were like blonde hair, blue, like basically they look like a Stasi or a Sonia or a Dorinda, like, right. you know, white women with blonde hair and blue eyes. And, you know, when you look like that and you have a very Western name, you don't realize how lucky you are or how different you are being treated mm -hmm. than, you know, other people. For example, with like, uh, when I was, uh, part of the reason why I am my own boss is when I used to work corporate or applying for jobs, it would also always be so fucking difficult when they saw either my picture or my full, like, very exotic name. You know, it's not, CC is not my full name. That's like a shortage of my full name. And right. when you see my name, it's like, who the fuck is this bitch? You know, and some people genuinely don't realize that you know, I don't want to say lucky. I know I said lucky before. But I don't mean lucky, but privilege, I think, is like privilege. Yeah. yeah. Right. How privileged they are by looking a certain way. Yeah. You know, and I think that's definitely applicable for her, but like for her and probably 90% of the housewives right. that are white. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every person. So the thing that I think is like a huge issue in America that people don't realize is like, a lot of like, um, I would, I don't want to say, I guess lower class or like lower mm -hmm. middle class white people who have struggled mm -hmm. in their life financially assume mm -hmm. that they don't have any white privilege because they've had to like somehow like pick themselves up off out of whatever their yeah. bootstraps, yeah. whatever that saying is and work their way up. But what they don't realize is that like just being able to leave your house yeah. with, with white skin Mm -hmm. puts you in a privileged situation for your safety yeah. and being able to yeah. make it easier in life and it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you didn't work hard and that's what I think like that whole like Oscars situation with Stassi's mm -hmm. comments like that's something I don't I just don't think that she really understood at that moment mm -hmm. that like people that are not white in America have to work harder to achieve the yeah. exact same things yeah. as their white counterparts. Yeah. And I'm hoping that she is taking this time to learn. I just don't think she's mm -hmm. like there yet, but I, I appreciate you saying that as a fan of hers, you can still support her, but, but criticize the things that she did because. Yeah. But that's applicable important. for everyone. Yeah. Like, I don't want to make it just about Stasi, same for Monique or like, 
even now I don't want to say Kelly because like that's a whole another story. Yeah. But I mean, even for example, if there is a Kelly Dodd fan here um, that is still a fan. I'm like, if you want to be a fan of that person, with her, I really don't think I don't see. Should. I just but don't see know. how someone could be a fan of no, Kelly Dodd. Like, honestly, at this point, I also don't her. understand how you can be a fan. But if for some reason, okay, I, I try to be not so judgmental. If for some reason you really want to still be a fan, hold a person accountable. Mm-hmm. Like, hold a per- you can still like someone as a person, but be like, okay, this is really inappropriate and you really should not say or do that. You know, and be more focused on helping people to grow instead of, you know, just canceling everyone. And I do think it's everyone's own responsibility to grow. But maybe sometimes you are, again, this is not for Kelly because she is very aware of her own behavior. But there are people out there that maybe are like blissfully unaware of what they're saying and that it's very inappropriate. Like just when you were talking, I legit get so emotional like, I'm not a black person and I don't live in America. But whenever I hear people talking about stuff, I can legit cry. The thought of a black person in America feeling some type of way when they just want to go to the grocery store. You Even here in Holland, we get all that news of things that happen. Like, last week, I don't want to be disrespectful. I just genuinely don't remember the name now. But a guy that came back from the dentist and was holding a fucking sandwich. Yeah, he was holding a sandwich. He was holding a and sandwich. A fucking sandwich. And I'm like, you literally just come from the dentist, like on your way, like enjoying life, going home or to a friend or wh- wherever he was going. He was you not a suspect. holding a sandwich. No. Yeah, he wasn't a suspect and in anything. He was not a suspect me, in one thing. Not in one thing. And I can cry about this like the entire day because like how scary it must be. And I genuinely think that, you know, a lot of white people and even brown people and maybe, you know, even maybe even black people, because, you know, if you look at Mary and the things that she said, like, bitch, you're black. What are you doing? But uh, just to make a transition to coach Shaw, Jan's husband, the way that man speaks, like, I want to find my own coach Shaw and I want him (laughs) to wife me so fucking hard. I believe in you. He legit said everything. No, really. He said everything that I was thinking, but I could not put into words. Like, that there's even, like, racism amongst, you know, black people themselves. And stuff like that, it just hurts me so much. I don't understand why people are being judged by the color of their skin, by anyone. Well, I know know, that... I know that uh, we don't have like a ton of time, but I know that Taria, mm-hmm. from what else is going on, will address the um, discussion at the Potomac reunion about the colorism that is existing Oof. and like how yeah. different cast members on Real Housewives of Potomac are being treated based on the yeah. shade of their skin tone. And I think she's a really good person for everyone to listen mm-hmm. to because she has a lot of insight. And also as a black woman, I think it's mm-hmm. like her plate, like she has a better way of, um, I guess, explaining it. And I know she's mm-hmm. going to because she's already started talking about it on Instagram. So anyone who's listening, mm-hmm. definitely check that out. And I-, I For sure, she's I amazing. Do, I do hope that you find your coach Shaw because he seems like such a good guy and I hope such that everything's okay in their relationship just because he seems to be out of town a lot. So I'm not really he sure. Does seems to be out of t- I, I, I genuinely do have like a good impression that they have a very stable relationship and that maybe it's just me and my pink glasses. I'm just really <laughs> loving them as a couple. But I really think that maybe, you know, she's just very used to him being out of town and she does her own thing. And they're really, like, I really think they, 
do you know something I don't? No, I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? But like with them, like with Meredith and Seth, and again, I'm hoping that they come back together as well because I really think they're cool together and, you know, they have a beautiful family. But I genuinely think that there's something off there. But when I look to, at Jen and Coach Shaw, I'm like, I feel like they're talking all the time, even right. when he's away. Yeah. And I don't know. He really seems together and be so supportive the way he talks he knows how to handle a woman like jen like he's she, so nice and supportive and like he just so listens nice to and her. supportive yeah and she can be like a little drama bitch like i can relate to her because i am the same way like being so extra and over the top at some points and you just need like a stable man to reel you in without judging you just let you be you but also maybe show you like okay you know that's yeah. not really how it is. I know. And I genuinely really like their dynamic. I think they're great together. And I think he's such a smart man. He should have his podcast. I would listen to his podcast. That would be no, great. really. He seems so smart. I like, know. make a fucking podcast. Ugh. Well, I'm going to need to have you come back on so we can talk about Salt Lake City. Because I was not yes, expecting please. to have so much to say about the reunion of Potomac. But oh my we, God, right. Now we're out of time and I'm so sad because I want to hear your thoughts about Salt Lake City. So Same. I need to have you back on. I'm taking like yes, a little please. end of the year hiatus from It's All Happening mm-hmm. just to get my life together. But next mm-hmm. next year in 2021, you have to come Woo-hoo, back. For sure. I would love that. Yes, well, thank Sorry you if so I talk much. too much. No, uh, this is this is how <laughs> it happens. Now I realize, like, oh my god, it's one and a half hour, and you know, maybe it was it's, a bit longer than you planned. No, <laughs> no, this is why I love talk. I just like love having guests on because although I like when I when I do a solo episode, I plan everything I'm gonna say, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. it doesn't really like come out of nowhere. I, I really think about yeah. it. Yeah. But what I love about having guests on is like you don't know where the conversation is gonna go and where it's gonna take you know, where, mm-hmm. which route it's going to go. And that's why I love having this because I love just talking mm-hmm. to people and I've done way yeah. more episodes with guests. Oh, sorry. I'm playing with bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had way more <laughs> episodes with guests mm-hmm. than by myself because that's what mm-hmm. I love. I love to talk yeah. to people and hear their opinions. So I'm so happy yeah. that you were able to come on. Same. I was so happy. And thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Cause so like everyone... we talk all the time, but this is like, you know, special. So people <laughs> yes. can listen to our private conversations in yes. your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram and on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we act- I actually practiced with Amanda how to say this properly <laughs> before we started. So on Instagram, you can look at at cc.loves.u and on Etsy, it is CC loves you with no spaces in between. And you can find my amazing Etsy shop. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and um, so for people in America who don't know CC, she spells her name C-I-C-I. Sometimes it can be spelled with E. So I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. I knew that. And actually, yeah. something I forgot is that Sometimes you go by Chichi, am I right? Yes. Yeah, because my full name, it's a Turkish name, actually, and it's Chidem. Oh, it's so And it's beautiful. actually like, damn, like, damn, girl, you know, Chidem. <laughs> damn. I should do something with that, yeah. <laughs> so because it's Chidem, my parents, my sister, my friends always call me Chichi. Chichi. So in the beginning, yeah, I had to, like, get used to it. Like, people said Chichi, but now I'm so used to it. Like, mm-hmm. I can go by Chichi or Chichi, you know. It's it. both fine. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so happy that you were able to come on and we had so much fun. I'm sure I'll be For sure. DMing you after this and we can plan our next, Definitely. Our next <laughs> podcast together. 
Cool. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, babe. Thank you for coming on. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>